This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Welcome back to Viterbi Voices. I am your host, one of your hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering. Oh, oh my gosh, Audrey, do you hear that? No. You don't, you don't hear that? <laughs> yes, sure. Sure, I hear it. <laughs> love, it's love in the air. Love's in the air. Do you hear that? It, it, I hear it. I hear, I hear Cupid and the loves in the air because this is as much as you don't want to call it that. It's our love at Viterbi. Is it okay? Yeah, I think it's Is it okay we call it love at Viterbi? This yeah. is love at Viterbi. And it's because it's the Valentine season, uh, V-Day season or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, this is the season of it. It's Valentine's week. And it occurred to me that there are a few alumni that I know of and stay in contact with that actually met each other at Viterbi, uh, developed their relationship, are now today married and successful engineers, both in their own right. And this is our first of two episodes. This is the episode of Claire and Ryan Seams. Uh, Claire originally studied biomedical engineering, got her master's in engineering management. Ryan studied electrical engineering, also got his master's in engineering management. They both went off uh, actually at the same time to consulting roles. And then Ryan went off into more of a tech startup world. But while Claire has been rising in leadership and technical consulting, a cool story. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's an awesome story about not only just how they chose USC and what they did at USC, but what they've been doing since. Um, what should people listen for in this episode, Audrey, before we get out of the way? Totally. Well, first of all, I think it's fun because it's a love at Viterbi. Second of all, <laughs> I think both Claire and Ryan had a lot of really great reflection on their about 10, a little more than 10 years out from graduating. A lot of really great reflection on kind of what they learned and what matters to them now in their careers, um, which I think is, of course, super helpful for me in the stage that I'm at. But I think it's also going to be really helpful for high school seniors to know two people who are have established, you know, sort of their professional roles saying what matters. They talk a lot about how teamwork matters, how process matters, and it's not so much the one answer you're getting from a problem set. Um, And I think that's a really great takeaway. That's a hard mindset to have as a high schooler. Um, So if you can, if you can start with that mindset, uh, all the better. That's a good lens and fair warning about halfway through something happens to my audio. And so you're going to hear everybody make fun of me for a while. I, I still don't know what was said, uh, but then we pick it right back up again. So uh, anyways, let's get out of the way and hand it over to Claire and Ryan. Hello. 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 Sorry, we're a little late. <laughs> you're I, fine. I sent a note and I was like, you up. there you go. We centered now. Yeah, you're good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Why do you keep laughing, Paul? It's just, it's good to see you. Uh, why? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just enjoying <laughs> this. This is fun. Did you expect me to come with like a more professional shirt after all these years? 
did you expect me? I mean, like this, <laughs> this is it. This is, this is business attire. I mean, I, I, I rotate through shorts and some days I wear socks. Yeah. Like it's, it, that's, that's the extent of it this, at this point. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Audrey. Sorry. I am the co-host of, of the podcast. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering. Nice, so. nice, nice to, to meet, meet you, you, Audrey. Well, nice to meet you both as well. Thanks for thanks for doing this. I wish we could be in person. Um, but first things first, how are you guys holding up? Everybody safe? How are the families? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's yeah. been good. Are we recording already? Yeah. Yeah. Always recording. Always recording. Okay, I just you should imagine know. everyone who calls is recorded. Okay, all right. We, we, uh, at my company, we record all of our sales calls, and then you go watch them later and learn and everything. But you can just assume you're recorded at this point. No, families are good. Um, we we were living in London for two years and moved back a little earlier than anticipated when COVID hit. So we are now um, a lot closer to our family. So we're about 15 minutes from my parents and maybe 35 minutes from Ryan's parents. So they're thrilled to have us. Yeah, because you guys were you guys were gone for a while. I mean, like, I, I, it's hard to keep. I, I, all I ever do is kind of keep track via the social media, and uh, and I, I just see jet setting nonstop uh, in your lives for the That's, last couple of years until the past year. Yeah, right. And then now the settling down has, has started to occur. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah for about two years. You were in London for two and a half yeah. years. We were um, we tried to travel at least once a month, probably twice a month, a weekend here and there. So. Oh. Um, we really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, this past year has been a complete change. So. So crazy. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, people, people know if they're listening on the podcast, I'm basically just in the same room nonstop. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't leave. I get up and I go get food and then I come back. Uh, that's, that's the extent of, of, of our excitement here. Uh, Audrey, you have been in Colorado for a good part of time, but you just drove back to LA, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I rotate between two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've created like our own offices, so we at least have this separation where you're like, if you go in there, you're probably working, just let it be, and then the moment you're out of there, okay, now now you can engage in conversation, but don't don't open that door till, till you knock. <laughs> I bet, I bet that's got to be interesting. So, I mean, let, let's let's uh, introduce everybody to you on the podcast. Why don't you, why don't you take turns, you know, telling everybody about yourself and where you're from and, and, and what you're doing professionally. And then we'll, we'll just take it from there. Yeah. Let's start. Ladies first. All right. Um, so I'm Claire. I graduated from USC studying biomedical and mechanical engineering in 2012, and then did my master's in engineering management in 2013. Um, so I'm originally from the Bay area, born and raised, um, live there now. So after graduating, moved back to San Francisco, and started working with Deloitte Consulting. So I've been there for about seven years. Um, and I've really enjoyed being able to do, you know, a lot of work either in the high tech or in the healthcare industry. And they've been very flexible with, you know, obviously when we moved to London, being able to, um, you know, take that into consideration. And we just moved back and bought a home last summer. So we have officially planted roots in the Bay Area, which is really nice. Where are you guys in the Bay? Uh, we're in Arinda, which is a small yeah. town just in the East Bay. I, I know it well. My parents lived there for a short period of time. Oh, really? Wow. When they moved, when they originally moved up to the Bay Area, 
because we're, you know, they're from here. My mom got relocated with the UC office of the president. And so the first house that they got just as like the stop, the first stop was Orinda and they live right off Moraga way. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. They, yeah, I had a nightmare visiting because it was like, you had to like count the, count the, um, the yield signs, like on the third yield sign, pull over really fast. And that's the house. Cause it was like right on the highway. And then oh, it's, it's on Moraga way. Yeah. That's on right. Moraga way. Yeah. It was a, it was a house that was luckily they didn't live there for very long. <laughs> no, we so. looked at a lot of houses on that street. And I, every time I was like, nope, we can't because <laughs> a lot of those driveways are very street uh, steep as you go up them. So yeah, they are. We're lucky to be um, on a much calmer street. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So Claire, you've, you've worked for Deloitte this whole time since yeah. leaving USC. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Very um, cool. So quite a long time, especially in consulting. I know it's typical to leave after a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I've stayed with them for, for seven plus years. So still enjoying it. Still love uh, the team that I work with. Sadly, it's, you know, changed a lot with everything going remote because we always used to be on site working with these clients and it's really shifted to be virtual now. So hmm. it's been an interesting shift. Um, definitely want to get back to traveling, maybe not cross country every week like I used to, but um, would love to to work with people in person for sure. <laughs> yeah, just see somebody other than this guy, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> right. So your turn, Ryan. All right. All right. So uh, my name is Ryan Seams. Uh, I'm originally from Pleasanton, California. So that's out in the East Bay, Northern California. Um, if you drive from San Francisco to LA, you will pass it along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to USC, I studied electrical engineering. Um, I got a minor in marketing um, and I did my master's in engineering management. So a few different uh, disciplines there. Um, I too started at Deloitte out of college. Um, I spent just over a year there, actually, though, before switching companies and jumping into the world of tech startups. Um, at the time, it was definitely a big switch, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I've, I've loved every minute of it. Um, I've actually been with the same company, Mixpanel, ever since. Um, if you don't know Mixpanel, they do product analytics. So for something like Zoom, for example, all of you are clicking buttons and having video calls, etc. And the companies that run these products need to know what users are doing why they're doing things and where they drop off because ultimately they need to make more revenue. And so even the smallest uh, tweak to someone's product can actually produce a lot of revenue, especially if you're a company that's as large as Zoom. So um, I've had the opportunity at Mixpanel to actually work on a number of different teams. And so um, still wearing a lot of different hats and switching roles. Uh, Started actually as a support engineer, which is a lot more technical focused customer success type role. Um, went into a more dedicated role for that, um, which is called the Solutions Architect, um, which is in our professional services organization. So a little bit more aligned with Deloitte and the consulting experience there. Um, and then, yeah, just just last year, I actually switched over to the sales side. So actually leading a team of new and existing uh, cust- no, new business and existing business uh, reps and actually growing our customer base. So, yeah, still wearing lots That's of awesome. hats, but it's, it's been a fun, fun journey so far. But the best part right. is when we were in London. Yes. Yeah, so so p- part of the uh, experience with Mixpanel was the opportunity to actually be part of the landing team for our first offices outside of the U.S. And so wow. myself and three other folks um, were given the opportunity to move to London and own all of the customers outside of the U.S. And, you know, they were like, <laughs> hey, you've been at headquarters, you get it, go do it. Um, and so it was quite the, quite the experience getting to build out our London office, our Barcelona office, our Singapore office, 
recruiting folks for my team that still work out there and we stay in contact with today. And then, of course, if you were visiting a customer in, I don't know, Tel Aviv, having that great experience and then maybe popping over to, you know, Turkey or something like that for the weekend just because you're around. So very, very unique experience in terms of just the traveling, the customer exposure and, and building the team. So Mixpanel was the kind of the, the anchor getting you to, to move to London. Yep. Correct. And then, and then Claire working with Deloitte via London, was that just, it didn't change your, did it change your travel? Were you working a little bit more internationally? How did that affect you? Yeah. So I was very lucky. I've worked with um, a lot of the same leadership at Deloitte over the years. And I worked with a lot of East coast clients as it was from the West coast. Mm. And so I was able to work um, out of London. So I would work sometimes in our London office there or on site with our clients on the East coast. So I switched up some of the weekly East coast to West coast travel with the every other week to the East coast from London. Mm. Um, so London's about five hours ahead of the East coast. So definitely shifted some of my hours. Um, but I loved the team of, that I was working with. I loved the work that I was doing um, at Deloitte and you know, we went through a couple of options of like, do I transfer officially to the UK? Do I stay a US employee and bounce between the two? So we were, I would say like semi in the same place, but we were both traveling so much. I mean, there would be weeks where again, you were going to Tel Aviv and I was going to, you know, New York or North Carolina. Um, And so it was a little crazy for sure. But I, I mean, I'm still so grateful that Deloitte was like, hey, we'll support you in this. We get it. Um, we'd love to keep you. We'd love for you to continue doing the great work that you're doing, but recognizing that Ryan was moving to London full time. So, you know, found a creative solution to make that work. That's awesome. And and then Ryan, I'm, I'm kind of curious from just a pure curiosity, like Mixpanel says, we're going to go international. And you mentioned a number of different places that it kept kind of like reaching. No. Why was international? The, why was London the beginning of that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a number of decisions that go into like where, especially as a tech company, where to open your your next office. Um, Oftentimes what it comes down to um, is basically the concentration of the workforce that you actually need in terms of the employees and skill sets that you want to recruit. And the other factor, of course, when it comes down to it is places where quite honestly, people can speak English because the rest of the company is going to speak English. And so you can imagine London's pretty much at the top of that list. um, (laughs) Those two things. Um, and if, you, if you're in startups in the space, you can also go look at things like where's the most funding being raised, where is the most, you know, companies mm-hmm. that are acquiring funding and London will, will typically top that list. If you go look at um, the entire EU, you'd see that at the top, obviously with Brexit and everything else going on, who knows for the future, but definitely right. a top spot right now. So yeah, great, great landing spot to, to get things started. Probably good uh, hub and spoke model too for, for flights too, right? Lots of flights going in and out of LHR. Exactly. Yeah, lots of flights to the U.S. too, which was really great. I mean, Hmm. we were able to travel back. My sister lives in Chicago, and I think I still saw my parents more than they saw her, which was (laughs) quite impressive, I'd say. And again, anywhere within um, Europe, we could travel to quite easily. Right, yeah. EasyJet's your friend, right? (laughs) EasyJet, Ryanair. I think we did every budget. Yeah. Flyby. Audrey, when you did the overseas program, did you hop on that easy jet once or twice? Yes. 
Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. Well, yeah, when you said Ryanair a couple summer ago, a couple summers ago, excuse me, I did the Viterbi summer overseas program. Hi. Um, Where were you? We were in Florence. Um, so Florence is a little trickier because their airport isn't like super not close as not as big. It's kind of a small little yeah. yeah. Small. But my roommate and I had a Ryanair flight to Vienna and like the morning of they canceled it, but we really wanted to go. So we like took a train to Rome, got on a flight at Rome, then our train back got canceled. Like it was such a nightmare, but it was so fun. So oh. I know I know how Ryanair is. <laughs> Where did you guys live in London? Uh, we lived in Shoreditch. Okay, so where is that then? Tell me. I, I was hoping it would be a place that I would know. Uh, Shoreditch is in East London. Um, it is a rapidly changing neighborhood um, that has some very artistic roots and was very industrial, uh, probably hmm. as, as soon as, or sorry, as late as 20, 30 years ago. Um, we actually lived in what was once a Fourier and then became a leather factory before it became more flat. So it gives you a little history of kind of the area and the neighborhood. And the owner was the same through all of those transformations. Really? That's so, cool. Yeah, there's a very, very interesting, unique neighborhood. Lots of character, lots of graffiti, but like trendy, trendy, commercialized graffiti, even where, you know, you'd, you'd see like a, an ad for a brand that they've done a graffiti on a brick wall. And that's that's like their billboard there versus um, huh. the billboard like you'd see in, in, in the States. That's awesome. And then were you guys just planning on coming back at some point anyway, or did COVID have this like immediate, like we're out of here? Like what? what? Yeah, we planned on coming back um, by certainly the end of 2020. I think we had said like fall Thanksgiving, we had planned to be back, which would have been about two and a half years for me, almost three years for Ryan. Um, and then COVID hit, we did a week of working from home in our London flat, which um the flat was not organized for the both of us to be working from home because I took our, our second like bedroom as an office and Brian took the washing machine, which is in your kitchen because that's how London works as his standing yeah. desk. So anytime I entered the kitchen, Ryan's like, you're in my office. <laughs> <laughs> so we just made the decision once they started putting some restrictions into travel, because um, they started to say that, you know, non-US residents wouldn't be allowed to come back and we were just worried that things were changing so fast what if we get stuck what would that mean uh so I think literally on a Saturday night we booked a flight to fly home Sunday morning thinking it would be for two or three weeks um lived with Ryan's parents during that time and eventually kind of realized you know the world wasn't going back to the way it was um, Ryan was offered a chance to come back to the San Francisco headquarters in a new role. And so the timing just kind of made sense. So we had to go, 
we did have to make a trip back in May to then repack everything up and fly it back over because when we had come back in March, we thought it would be for two weeks. We packed a carry-on um, and we still had everything <laughs> in our flat in London and we had to get it back some way. Oh my gosh. So, so you two, 16 bags. You two have been the, I, I don't mean this negatively, but you've, you've been the constant jet setters, like not only professionally, but, you know, just in your own personal lives, you, you love to travel. You love to be moving. Basically. You're not, you're not sedentary in any way. No. And I, I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. What has the last nine months been like for you two? Um, We've spent certainly more time together, I'd say, in the nine, past nine months than we have. And you're still together, so that's saying something. Yeah, right? still together, still, you know, very she has, she has her office. I have my office. Yeah. It turns out the answer. marriage works even when we live together. It's amazing. Well, we lived with, uh, we lived with Brian's parents for about six months. Um, wow. Well, that's also saying something, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then we bought our own house. Um last summer. So definitely nice to have more space. Um, and just really enjoying having more space. Cool. Um, you know, we've got room for both of us to have an office. I think we're both going to be working from home for the foreseeable future. Um, but it's been good. We've done a lot of home projects, uh, <laughs> things that we've never really had to figure out or do before. Um, you know, just owning a home for the first time. So you find ways to stay moving but it's it's a little more difficult but yeah. you know trying to whatever go to lake tahoe and go hiking if it's the summer yeah. snowboarding if it's the winter and not exactly the same but we're, we're doing our best um cer certainly miss traveling though um i, I would agree with that 100 percent. yeah so claire tr making kind of a whiplash transition tell me a little bit more about let's just ask a simple question and, or what's a seemingly dumb question with a, probably a larger complex answer. What the heck is consulting? Uh, and, 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 and I know, I know we've had these talks before, but yeah. you know, the high school students tend to listen and they say they flippantly, Oh, so you're not an engineer. And, and, and I, how do you, how do you start with yeah. and the same for you, Ryan? They're like, Oh, you're in sales. You're obviously not, you sold out or, you're not an engineer anymore. And I, I want to kind of have both of you touch this, but we'll start with Clara on Deloitte because we know that that's not necessarily the case. So how did engineering get to consulting and, and what the heck you're doing? Yeah, and I'd say there's a lot of engineers who do make that shift. Um, and one of the, I think, confusing things with consulting is it can mean so many different things. Um, so I am very much in a technical consulting role. We work with a lot of other technology companies or startups. And what we do at a high level is help large enterprise companies with some of their biggest problems. Um, the type of solution architects, right, Ryan? Is that what the name was? Yeah. Solution architects? <laughs> we build the answers. That's um, kind of what they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it could be everything from like strategy to actual technical configuration. Um, I work with a number of developers and I work with a number of business executives at, you know, the clients that I support. And so often I'm in this role, which I think a lot of engineers um, can relate to is you have to understand like the technical complexities. If we're implementing a um, system for them, I work with a lot of customer experience management. So how do these large multi-billion dollar companies understand what their customers are saying about their products or, um, about their online support and their digital and their retail and all of these different channels where they work with their customers. 
how do you do that at scale? So we work with a lot of um, organizations on what's the strategy behind it. So helping them understand what are the important journeys. So like as a customer, you might go into a store and then check something on the website and then call into the call center to try and order a particular product. And maybe you have an issue with that product later and have to work with a claims team. Um, so understanding at scale how those customers work through those different channels and different journeys. Um, and as a company, companies struggle with who do you listen to? Where are they interacting? What's the data that really connects all of this together? Um, and so the work that I do in particular is helping them identify those journeys, identify what are the channels that their customers are working in, and then how do we actually implement technologies to help them do this at scale. Um, and so with that comes a lot of configuration and customization that we often have to work with for our clients. And so I'll work with development teams and you know I need to be able to understand the coding of that and helping QA and ensure that you know anything that we're doing, we're testing thoroughly. Um, so it's even a little bit on the CS side of computer science, but then ultimately I have to report back to a business executive about what is it that we've done? What are the challenges that we've encountered and what's our you know, plan to fix it? So I think at the end of the day, they're, they're really rooted in the same thing. It's problem solving. It's just a different type of, of problem solving. And so, you know, if you're doing mechanical engineering, you might be understanding, you know, um, you know, if you take fluid dynamics, you know, you're looking at how do you solve these problems and how do you build something that has an impact and consulting, you know, you're not working with fluid dynamics, but you're working with these complex organizations that don't always have a perfect equation um, to solve for these challenges. And so it's a little bit of creative problem solving that we work with them on too. And how, how does that score for you, Ryan, in, in, in your kind of day to day? Yeah, so I mean, at, at a tech startup, it depends really how big the company is, uh, how much you would use your engineering skills in something like a sales role. Okay. Um, Mixpanel is about a 300 person company at this point. And so people who are in sales wouldn't be expected to have an engineering background. However, when you work in technology um, and you're at a startup, you'll figure out very quickly that unlike Deloitte, where you have a very structured role and you have very specific, specific responsibilities and very specific ways of delivering a project, um, but the startup, right, you might be given 40 customers and told, go, go sell to them or go make them successful with our product. And what that really means is you need to know your product in and out uh, as much as possible to be able to do your job. And so with a technical product like Mixpanel, that means understanding um, how does an API work? How do we ingest data through an API and store it somewhere? And then we query it via some specific coding language and then return that result to an end user. And we take a process that, you know, at, at many companies, especially in the enterprise that we talk to, um, product managers, they have difficulty getting results from their data, figuring out what's going on with their data. And at many companies, this means waiting like weeks, maybe even months potentially, depending on how, how uh, bad the situation is. We take that really complex problem and we solve it for somebody in two seconds. They go in, they click a few oh. buttons, and they can know everything about what's going on. And so taking that really complex thing and packaging it in this one product as a solution, there's a lot of engineering skills that go into understanding that and talking the right language and speaking with people the right way. Um, and then depending on what role you have within Mixpanel, you might apply those 
those skills differently. Um, and so when I was a solutions architect, for example, that might mean, you know, using Python to help a customer uh, write a custom script to connect different data sources from one place to the next so they can actually have the right data that they need to see. On the sales side, it might be more pointed questions around what their current setup looks like, why it might be broken, where there's areas of inefficiency that, you know, a product like, yeah. you know, could, could help um, help them. So is, is it fair to say in, in summary that you, you both go through uh, kind of a hardcore technical degree program and you're absorbing not only tool sets, but perspectives and that when you go to apply them, you, it doesn't matter what you're working on. You have this ability to apply it appropriately and adjust as you go, right? So you have this like library of things you can pull on when you want to, but also this connective tissue of decision-making and kind of understanding the, the, the matrices by which you're going to kind of move between to solve that problem, right? Oh, I've seen this before and I can use this one tool set and this one tool set. Maybe I've never done that before, but I can see that that's going to come together in this particular example. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously speaking in really huge, vague <laughs> areas, but does that kind of make sense a little bit? Yeah, I think you're right on. I think one thing that both of us have found in our jobs is like no two customers or clients are exactly the same, but a lot of them have similar problems. And so the way that we approach those solutions, you know, we may know from past experience, like, okay, these are the few things that might work well. So what's a custom solution or way that we could approach it um, to fix this pain point for them? Do you think that your, your high school selves would understand anything you just said? Um, Parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> or like, if you look back on it, like, do you think you'd be able to explain to your high school self, like, this is the path you're going on? And, and more specifically, and this is really, a, let me give you the context of my question. We find, and I think you might remember of yourselves, particularly Claire, um, you, you, you wanted to know the answers to your future. Yes. Of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it what have you gained in your time since? Like, what would you tell yourself back in the day, senior year in high school? Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. For my particular company, it was founded in 2009, so it'd be really difficult to describe exactly. <laughs> it didn't exist. On. It didn't exist, right? Yeah, yeah. it didn't exist. Um, I mean, I, I think I would have probably. I think what I learned throughout my time at, at USD eventually is that um, having the right answer to a problem is super important, and that's great if you get whatever an A on your physics test. But like the process to getting there is like way, way, way more important than like that final answer because in real life and in the business challenges that you solve there's not always going to be a right answer. And like you, if you do pick the wrong thing, you want to try something else and like see if something else works better. And I think my younger self, yeah, would have thought maybe there's a more like linear connection between like, there's always an answer to something. And I think if you're in a hard engineering discipline, there's still some of that, right? Like there is an answer, but uh, the reality of the situation is like, there's going to be a lot of different options and your ability to like, pick which of those is the best to go try and see if it works and then try something else if it doesn't. I think that's 
I mean, very much like the more innovative side of, I think, engineering used to be, you know, especially something like electrical engineering 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I'd say the other big transition that I wish I could go back and tell myself is, um, to your point, Paul, I always wanted to know the answers. I wanted to know what my options were, how I was going to get there, how I was going to be successful. Um, and I think one thing that I learned, you know, while at Viterbi, that's just been critical and something that happens every day is most of your success, once you go on and start working is, it's not just you, it's the teams that you work with. It's the people that you work with. Um, it's the group projects that you even do while you're in school, but how that relates to the type of work I do today, it's, it's so much more than just like individual tasks and activities. Like your own personal success is important, of course, but often what has like the biggest impact or what you do on a daily basis is it's working with other teams and other people. Um, and I think that's such an important aspect to being successful long-term that I just don't know if I would have wrapped my head around the importance of that um, back to my high school self. Not that I didn't like working with teams, but just the, the critical importance of every single day. It's not a problem set that you're doing on your own like you might in high school. And I think Viterbi was a good transition point for that because a lot of those complex problem sets, and Audrey, I'm sure you can speak to this too, but you're working with other peers in a very collaborative environment. And I think that collaborative, competitive, I think that was one of the things I had on my score sheet while going through schools and trying to figure out where am I gonna go to college? Um, and that was something I always had heard about USC and I liked was that it's a collaborative environment. And I think it's just so important that you have that soft skill set as well, knowing how to work well with others. Um, as you transition to like the working world. I, Audrey, I don't know if you found that as well, but. Yeah, absolutely. I think I know for, for senior year in mechanical engineering, at least um, I would say like last semester, all of my classes had some sort of group project, some sort of, um, yeah, they're really project-based. Um, and I think sometimes in high school, if you're like that kind of overachiever kid, you're like, I hate group projects. Um, but I think in, in college, and I think especially in Viterbi, um, it is sort of those challenges of saying, you know, oh, this person has this skill set, I have this skill set, what can we do together that would be interesting? Um, and I think the cool part for me, by senior year, you know, for, for senior design, for example, I had a group of friends, we're all good at something totally different. Um, and we were able to come together and have a lot of fun making a project remotely. Um, so I think that's the fun in engineering too, is kind of um, those like whiteboard situations. Audrey, we, we've talked about it a few times. It, has it been this like difference in your growth about like the, your acceptance of the unknown in your planning over your years? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think COVID really accelerated <laughs> this for me where I definitely in, uh, in January, 2020, 2019, 2020, that was last year. I don't even know what year it is. In January 2020, um, I'm very much a planner. I like to kind of know what's next for sure. I think Claire and I are probably similar on that. But um, <laughs> with COVID, <laughs> I realized Paul, Paul's nodding, yes. Um, you know, you can't really plan for next week. Um, and I think like being agile and dealing with that uncertainty is like a major growth area that like all of us have gone through. Um, so, yeah, I think that's super cool. Um, and it's good to, to learn that now. 
So that's one, one plus, one of the few pluses, I will say. Claire, I, I, may, <clears throat> I may be remembering this wrong, but I have a feeling I remember you as a senior in high school coming to me and cornering me in a ballroom of a hotel in the Bay Area with a list of questions where you were not backing down. And I had to stop you and say, what are you worried about? Yep, that happened. <laughs> to be fair, it, to be fair, Paul, I did that when I was in eighth grade and trying to figure out where I would go to high school. Totally. Um, so. No, I, I have nothing. I have no offense in this, but I'm just I'm, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to plot the growth. And, and what's interesting is that you and Audrey have a lot in common, like like <laughs> like so much in common. And it's so great for you to talk to each other because it's like it's like, Audrey, you're going to talk to your future self here. <laughs> And both of you had similar tasks in my office, which is basically very detail oriented and accomplishing projects. I mean, very different. Obviously, Audrey's doing podcasts and this didn't exist when you were working, Claire or Ryan. So this idea of like being organized on top of things and always being ready to go. But then just this idea of like adjusting to the unknown and like things are going to go wrong or something's going to come out of left field. Um, and so that, that, that it's just a really cool see, thing to see you from what was that, 17, 18 years old to now and these, these big changes of life that, that occur? I'm kind of curious, Claire, too, on like in that sort of like growth from getting to a place where accepting uncertainty and, and maybe not knowing exactly what's next, what impact do you think like traveling had on that? Because I, I feel like that's got to be such a, a way to learn, you know, you're in a totally new place and you don't know anyone or any, I don't know where to yeah, get groceries. Travel like is that. A huge, um, you know, I think traveling is something that is really important in relationships too. I think being able to travel together is really important. Um, being able to communicate well when you miss the train or something doesn't go well, or you lost your luggage. Um, there's so many things that can kind of, you know, even if you do all the planning, there's always things that are going to come up that you have to figure out. Um, and right after we graduated, so we both did the progressive degree program um, and did our master's at USC. And after that, we did a five week trip to Europe and we traveled and we had everything planned out for those entire five weeks. And um, Paul, I think we were even talking about it at the time. And you're like, that is a long time to spend with someone. Um, and there's just, there's a lot of things that can, you know, go wrong or change and there's that uncertainty. So, um, traveling has always been something that, um, both of us have been really passionate about. We both did the Viterbi overseas program. Um, we did the summer between our sophomore and junior year in Paris. And I think that was like a little glimpse into like all the other cultures and foods and places you can go and experiences you can have. And I think that's something that both of us have always prioritized and enjoyed. Um, and then figuring out that we're compatible in that area too was super fun because we've been able to go so many places. Um, you know, there's not many people who are like, hey, let's go to Hong Kong next weekend. <laughs> and we did that um, before we were in London. We, we would do those types of spontaneous trips. Um, and again, I think there's a lot of organization that needs to happen. You need to have a plan, but um, there's a certain, how much of that organizing do you do, Ryan? Me? A lot. I actually do a lot more of the travel organizing. Than do you? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he planned our whole honeymoon. So that was, where'd you guys go? Uh, you want to tell him? 
No, you can tell. All right. Uh, <laughs> we did Vietnam for a couple of days. We went down to, we did Halong Bay while we were there in Hanoi. Then we went over to Thailand for a few days down in Phuket and um, Bangkok. And then we finished up for, uh, four or five days in the Maldives. Wow. So. so, so given that this episode is, we're tentatively calling it Love at Viterbi. Uh, and <laughs> Ryan was that? when he heard that as the title. <laughs> Ryan was what? I, I knew she was, I knew immediately, I was like, oh, she's going to really want to do this podcast. It's all <laughs> I'm going to hear about for like a week. And I'm going to be like, oh, great, I'm on the Love It Viterbi podcast. But I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> I think well, I had, to, I had to first day, like, aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? <laughs> Well, I had to first talk Audrey into it, and she had kind of a, I don't know, reaction. We would. <laughs> I said we should for sure do it, but I did laugh. Out, I did laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's just a little. It's the angle end. It's the angle end. Yeah. That's all it is. You gotta have a theme. Yeah, yeah. Gotta have a certain theme, and I figure what better way to do it. Um, I will say you are one of two couples we are doing. Oh. So we do have two. Um, <laughs> I hedged my bets. I went after two, and I got both. So I'm excited. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, you you two got together. Tell us that story. How did that happen? How did love at Viterbi happen? I, I, if I say something, I'm going to mess it up. Probably. <laughs> what, what mess up what? You've been practicing all week. No. <laughs> um, I mean, so Ryan and I knew each other starting in our sophomore year. We had had EE 150 together with uh, Dr. Burke. So I think we had, had a few conversations exchanged. We were in the physics honors classes together. So we weren't really friends yet, but we knew who one another were. And then we did this uh, summer overseas program in Paris uh, between our sophomore and junior year. And that's really when we started spending a lot of time together um, and, you know, got to know one another. We did a few um trips with other groups during that uh, program. So we did the running of bulls in Pamplona. Um, you know, we did a lot of the day trips that were part of the Viterbi overseas program. And that's really where we became really good friends. And there was like a romantic spark between us. Um, I don't think either of us really knew where it was going, but I'd say later in our junior year, we started dating and that was gosh, 10 years ago now. Um, 10 years ago? 10 years yeah. ago. God. So, <laughs> um, so, so would you say it started on the overseas program? I would say that's where feeling started. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't giving me any time of day before that program. So you, you, definitely, you definitely have to pick the overseas program. I mean, it's because, Paris. How can you, how can you no, not? I mean, because, you know, I think the three of us have had kind of a, we're not talking about your relationship rule, like oh, when we, you, we were working, like we kind of had that, <laughs> that, that like unspoken rule. That's how we treat our work, right? Like we're very- Wait, I lost you. This is the Audrey, can you hear them okay? Yeah. I lost you guys. Hello? Oh, I can hear you, Audrey. Great. I can hear you also, Paul. Yeah, I can hear Paul as well. AirPod problems. This is awesome. I don't, can you hear me? Yes or no? We can hear you. Yeah. Okay, you can hear me. I can't hear you, which is can awesome. Your AirPods die. Classic Zoom thing. I think we need to do. 
Audrey, if you wanted some uh, practice for the real world, this happens like once every call pretty much. So you just got to get used to like what could happen, what's going to happen. Was it the AirPods? Was it the microphone? I'm going to get out of this because I think Zoom just kind of messed up on me, guys. Um, right in the meaty part. Um, I don't know how the recording's going. I'm assuming it's still picking me up. But then let's all rejoin the link. Is that okay? Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Can you hear us now or no? I can hear you now. Yeah, I don't know what happened. It's like I just lost all audio. And now I don't know how much I would be made fun of. So I can't wait to listen to the recording. Afterwards. I, I told Audrey, I was like, look, this happens on pretty much every work call to at least one person. You just get used to asking, was it the AirPod, was it the Zoom, was it the this? It, it, it does it. What's weird is, yeah, it probably happens to a lot of people. And it literally does not happen to me. Like, <laughs> And of course, it's happening when we're recording, which is great. All right, so I don't know where this ended up, but I, I was basically saying that we we kind of had this unofficial, like we're not, unspoken rule, we're not talking about you two. <laughs> like I'm gonna let this go and I'm not going to address it. Um, but I was talking about you with my wife the other night and we were talking about like, we're pretty certain that that all happened in overseas because she specifically remembers, we had a conversation at dinner the other night that our last dinner at Le Grand Colbert. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember this? I don't know. What it was it was the farewell <laughs> dinner of your overseas Grand program. Colbert, yeah, the very end. Everyone gets together. We have a big dinner. We all talk about how much fun we had. And and the 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 takeaway from that night was you two sitting together, and you two just having this like finishing each other's sentences dynamic between the two of you, and and basically chair. Comes to me and goes, so how long have they been together? I'm like, well, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm like, they're in a group together. They hang out this whole trip because I remember, I also specifically remember when you said running the Bulls Pamplona, I remember being in the Accent Center on the second floor in the faculty lounge, looking out the window in that alley. And we're all wondering, are they alive? Did they make it back? Class is starting in five minutes. And then all of a sudden you all roll in wearing the all white and the red scarves and you're walking down that alleyway. And I had to send an email back to Dean Yates saying they're alive. They're here. They're at class. Everything's fine. Cause Audrey, they went to the running of the pools and we said, not a good idea. Um, but they did it anyways. Fine. whatever. <laughs> uh, and they were flying back like that morning to go to class at 9 a.m. We had an overnight train. Um, so that's oh, train. I'm sorry. They had the Spain won the World Cup. Mm -hmm. So we were in Spain as they won the World Cup because we wanted to make sure that we could be there for that. Um, but that meant we took the overnight train back to Paris so that we could just make it back in time for the 9 a.m. class. <laughs> Awesome stuff. So it all started in an electrical engineering class. You might say sparks flew then. Perfect. <laughs> Although there's a lot of sparks flying in Dr. Burke's classes. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so you guys didn't know each other before that, even though you're both basically from the Bay Area, yeah. but farther away in the Bay Area, Pleasanton and Oakland. Yeah, so our parents, we grew up about 45 minutes away from each other. So I think your school had played my school in lacrosse maybe, but we never mm -hmm. crossed paths really until um, engineer, certainly our sophomore year, and mm -hmm. then didn't spend time together until that overseas program. Ryan, why did you choose USC? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I had a lot of schools that I was looking at, um, and to be quite honest, uh, while I was very interested in studying electrical engineering, uh, 
my dad was also an electrical engineer, so that kind of uh, pushed me in that direction. Uh, I also wanted a school that balanced electrical engineering with other disciplines and other areas of study. And of all the schools that I went out and looked at, I thought USC had the best balance between, hey, you can be an engineer, but you can also be social and you can join lots of clubs and you can have opportunities that aren't just directly tied to the hard discipline of engineering. Um, I had an idea just based on my dad's career that I was probably going to end up more on like the consulting or sales side of things, but really understand technology well and use that to my advantage in, in roles like that. Um, and I think USC just like provided those opportunities in, in spades compared to, to other places that were out there. And if you could speak to high school students right now that are about to make this decision, we're actually going to be admitting a bunch of students next week. Yeah. Um, uh, well, a small, not a bunch, a small group of students next week, and then a bunch a couple weeks after that. Um, you know, they're in this, obviously they're living through this world from a high school lens, you know, like this, they got, they got put into classes from home, virtual learning for the majority of them. They've half of their high school experience has been in COVID they're about to make a college decision in COVID with no way to visit campus. Um, what advice would you have for someone in that situation? I know it's hard to think about because you've never been in that situation, but it's kind of your past situation with this new layer of COVID and what you know about USC. I mean, we, we talked a little bit earlier about how when you you know move into the, your professional life and, and you're done, done with school, um, being, you know, multifaceted, having a vast array of skills, being able to communicate well with folks, collaborate, et cetera, are all really important in the work world. And I think USC is just a very unique environment to give you the opportunity to gain those skills. And so whether that's, um, you know, for instance, in electrical engineering, joining IEEE, the Institute of Electrical Electronics Engineers, and participating in that student club in particular, whether that's um, joining a social fraternity, if you want to go do that, whether that's doing a minor in something completely different like theater or marketing or something like that. All of those unique and diverse experiences that you can pursue at USC, um, sure they look good on your resume, they might help you get that first job, but what you'll realize later on is you can actually trace some of those skills and the things that you've done to the roles that you get later on and you're actually using those in, in your day to day. Um, I even always laugh, I think when, when we were Viterbi uh, student ambassadors, we kind of manage like social media and the website. And it's like, what am I doing? Well, I'm at a company that tracks people across websites and what they do and tries to build them better. Like that probably started on that side project that I was doing with Paul. And so uh, I think those types of experiences are unique. They're rare and not, not every university will offer those to you. And if you go to USC, you, you'll find your community, your home, and you'll find a lot of those experiences that you can take advantage of depending on where your interests are. And I think the reality is Almost everybody has more than one interest. It's very few people are going to be like, oh, electrical engineering is the only thing I want to do. And it's all I'm interested in. And there's nothing else I care about. You'll probably care about a few other things and you'll be passionate about them. And you'll find a home to explore those passions at USC outside of just, just that love for engineering. Claire, anything to add on that? No, that was great. Um, really just hitting on the last thing you said, I loved that. And Viterbi had a really strong technical engineering program. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I liked that it was a collaborative environment. I think that's so important. Um, and I think it, you know, helps develop from a skill set perspective how you work, work well with others, but also 
um, you know, your friendships, like these are the people that you're going to be spending the next four years with. And I love that it was a collaborative environment and that I could get a really strong engineering degree, do research, um, be able to study abroad as an engineer, just do all of the things that were focused on engineering, but so much more than that. Um, you know, I never lived with another engineer all four years. And I always liked that I had such a strong group of friends within engineering, but I also was able to do so many different things across campus and have friends in those different other schools as well. You know, it's funny when you were both sharing those answers, I kind of thought of this metaphor that like going to USC is kind of like going to a gym and they've got all these different machines and there's different like things that you can do to work out. They work on different muscles, different things that happen. When you get into the real world, I was thinking like, is there one machine that you, that you probably trait to your success the most, or you can track back to your success the most, or is it just because you moved around all those different things? You love this. You built a home gym. So this just seems <laughs> for you. Wow. You got the Bowflex, you got the Bowflex back there, Ryan? You got the, no, you got the uh... no I have uh, a fake Peloton because I don't want to spend the money on a real one, a rower and cool. Um, Water rower? Do you get the water rower? We've been looking at the water rower lately. No, it's uh, I what are the, the regular wind resistant? Got it. Nordic car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He turned our second garage into a home gym. <laughs> Necessary. I'm jealous. Uh, I'm jealous. I mean, look, there's going to be skills that you, you can work on. There's always going to be things that are maybe you know transferable to your job, but like learning how to learn how to use each of those machines, as I mentioned earlier, is like way more important yeah. than like the intuition, the thought process, like how should I approach this? That'll serve you well, no matter what role you go into in the professional world. Um, yes, your technical discipline could help you a lot, especially depending on if you are an electrical engineer and you go get a job designing circuits, there's obviously some easy application of those skills, but um, your real world job, you're going to have to learn more stuff and new stuff and the world is constantly changing. And so, yeah, that learning how to learn uh, to me is more important than probably any of those individual machines. What, what are your, um, <clears throat> what are your fondest or biggest memories? What are the things that pop out in your, in your, in your life now, when you look back at USC Viterbi, whether that's like an experience, an event, a place you ate, something you do. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you remember the most? What pops out? What's, what's flashing through your eyes right now? <laughs> Um, two things on like very extremes. I think there's, you know, there's no mystery that it, engineering is one of the most difficult degrees that you can pursue. And I love it for that reason. I think it's a challenge. I've, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work to be an engineering student. Um, and that's going to be regardless of the school, to be quite honest, engineering is tough and there's a good reason behind that. Um, you know, if you, depending on what you do afterwards, you've got a lot of responsibility as an engineer. And there's a lot of things that um, companies are going to expect you to know. And so one thing that stands out are certainly the late night problem sets and like preparing for exams, being in a room back in RTH, whiteboarding out, going through problem sets, doing it on a whiteboard. Um, and I think, you know, I've got a lot of really great memories and friendships from that too. And even though at the time it was probably feeling like late hours, um, you know, trying to get this final project done. Um, the problem sets definitely was a bonding moment with our peers. And then can't deny, I really miss USC football games. There's nothing like 
just that school spirit. Um, I, in the past, I try and make it back for homecoming every year. I just think there's such a camaraderie and energy on campus, which I'm sure is so difficult, especially for like a high school student right now, trying to make that decision because you can't come on campus. You can't feel that energy. Um, but it's something that is so special to USC. Um, and I think there's just such a pride with being a USC Trojan. And I, I love those home football games and just everyone getting together, um, both as a student and then even as an alum, it's always been a nice time to come back to campus and reconnect. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned food. Um, you probably don't know this, Paul, but one of my original criteria for choosing a, a university <laughs> to go to was accessibility to some of my favorite foods. And I'm not talking like complex, very specific things. I'm talking like, is Panda Express close by? Is Chipotle close by? Those kind of things. So you mentioned that, but like, I really wasn't thinking about those places. I was actually thinking about a specific sandwich in RTH Cafe that you see like all the time. Like, Which one? I feel like it was some sort of like Italian or something like that. I don't know, remember the name, but I, I can, I just have fond memories of eating that specific sandwich a lot. Um, <laughs> in any case, uh, I, I mean, I think when you, yeah, to Claire's point, you, you think back around some of the classes where um, you kind of bonded with your, your call, your colleagues over just figuring out like, what's the answer to this problem? Like, how do we solve it? What should we go do and talking through it? Um, the long hours maybe spent in Dr. Bicker's office as you're studying for honors physics, trying to figure out the next homework set and really just like going through that with, with some of your uh, classmates. And then I also just think back to, to friendships, quite honestly. Um, I've been lucky enough that some of my friends from USC have become my professional colleagues. They've been my roommates and um, it's just, you know, just become part of, of who I am. And so I think those two stick out and then, I also do miss longboarding around campus. There's nothing like a sunny day, just like the wind through your hair, just being at USC, um, not a care in the world besides the next homework set. Audrey, you're getting ready to <clears throat> wrap up your time. How does this, how's this conversation treating you right now? <laughs> Actually, I feel like kind of similar things. Um, first of all, Professor Vickers is a legend. <laughs> yes. And yes. also, um, have spent many hours in this office trying to figure out problems that I probably didn't really figure out. Um, but so I remember that also, I think for me, um, like food is kind of an interesting thing now too, because I like love food. I love that about LA that there's so um, many different types of food you can try, but now with everything kind of being closed, that's different. But um, I think it's still fun to kind of try and find new places and yeah definitely I think as I wrap up my senior year like obviously thinking about friendships a lot and like what does that look like after college so it's I guess good to to hear uh Ryan and Claire's sort of stories that uh they still look back fondly so and we're still really good friends with so many people from USC and from Viterbi um, yeah even at our wedding we had a big picture of everyone from USC and <laughs> Definitely a good number of engineers in that group for sure. How about these? Oh, oh wow. yeah. <laughs> Throwing it back. So for the listeners, this is great for an audio format. I just uh, found an old picture of, of of the group on the overseas program. You'll note that Ryan is still three people away from Claire in this photo. This must have been the beginning of the trip. It wasn't at the end. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a USA soccer jersey and the blue blocker glasses from the hangover. So clearly I had a really good sense of style back then. 
All class, all class at the time. <laughs> it made me remember one of those side trips. Um, Dinong, I think is where we went. Up, we were in the northern part of France, right? And we went to Normandy. Yeah. And I remember being eating lunch with you guys and Goose. Yeah. And we were eating galettes, which is that buckwheat crepe, basically. Yeah. And I remember him ordering three times, like three meals, if I remember correctly. Goose because he kept both of them can eat a ton. And they kept asking, "You want how many meals?" And he kept going, "Yeah, bring me, bring me two more orders of whatever." And it was, and it was, it was as if he was being disrespectful. And the, he's like, "No, I just need to eat that much food." And it was, it was an awkward uh, cultural moment. I remember being part of. Yes, um, there's Ryan still eats a lot. Um, <laughs> my parents are in constant awe whenever. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, gotta be careful. You're, you're turning that corner. You're turning that corner. The, the metabolism starts slowing down, man. He picked it, up it, the it, hobby of uh, triathlons two years ago. So, it, oh, yeah. 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 It's been okay. Good. So, you're balancing it, it out. Helps yeah. Balance it a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Where, so what, what's in your guys' future? Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't know because COVID's a little crazy, but what, what do you guys see yourself uh, doing in the next five years? Next five years. Um, you should have an answer to this, Deborah. What? You have an answer? Oh, I do have an answer. I mean, yeah, planner. Professionally, hope and still, you know, kicking butt. I think we've both been really happy in our careers, and I we keep having to remind ourselves like we're still at the beginning of our careers, really. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a long stretch, and I think you know we're both in that like mid management level right now, and um, really hoping to continue to excel in that area. Uh, personally, I hope within five years we have kids. Um, so starting a family would certainly be on the roadmap within the next five years for sure. So. If you didn't say it, I was going to ask directly. When, when does this episode turn from love at Viterbi to babies at Viterbi? <laughs> what, what's going on? I just yeah. want like a future engineer onesie from you, Paul. That, that's my only <laughs> Happy. <request. laughs> Happy to provide. The minute I get the announcement, I am sending all along the way. You know that, did, did you, when McKay was born, I don't know. I don't remember timing of when you guys were around and when you weren't around. I think everybody is, is just three years ago. That's I always That's forget. Too. Yeah, we just graduated. <laughs> I feel that way all the time. I always lose track. Um, but when McKay was born, uh, the VSAs got me a gift of, of, of onesies. And there was a VSA onesie. It was a black onesie with a VSA logo on it. <laughs> so happy to happy to provide those to to any vsa babies because if if that goes down the way you would you guys would be not only the first viterbi well not the first viterbi baby, but you'd be the first vsa baby that's true that's true we uh a little uh special fact our senior year we were voted viterbi king and queen so uh, that's during, right during engineering week so you know it's a really proud moment um, from our lives. So just really looking to continue that Turby royalty legacy. Yeah, Audrey, this is, this is an older tradition, uh, that has gone away. I think I'm probably happy about, but, uh, probably there was the, it's probably good away, that like... it's gone away, but it's certainly a <laughs> fun, fun memory. <laughs> Yeah, they had always like a like a like a dance of a turby ball, and they started naming king and king and queen, and it uh, yeah, interesting effects over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just leave yeah, it at that. Like the year before my freshman year, because I remember, I've heard I've heard some stories. You probably haven't heard all of them, and on one day I'll tell you because they're not good. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, definitely hope we have kids. We're happy and settled in, in our community. And then professionally, I, yeah, I, I mean, this is what I tell people on my team, but like, you just have to find opportunities where you can keep growing and learning and progressing um, and building more skills. And I think where I am today, there's lots of opportunity to do that. And I love being able to, you know, encourage my team that I work with to do the same um, and look forward to other opportunities that can that are like that in the future as well. Cool. Audrey, you got any other questions before we start to wrap this thing up? I think, well, I guess I just want to say thanks for, for being here. I think that was super fun. Um, and we can, I'm really excited for everyone to hear love it maternity. But <laughs> moving on. You can't even get the words out of your mouth. You can't even get the words out of your mouth. Um, our moms are really excited to listen <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I, well, then I need to wish them a hello. Uh, <laughs> specifically, Claire, your mom. I haven't seen your mom in forever. I felt like I saw her for a few years straight, multiple years in a row. <laughs> Um, and I don't mean that negatively. I, so I, I hope that, she, that she's doing well. Um, and your whole families, of course. Um, and, and again, thank you to both of you, not only for doing this, but for years of, of not only just a great relationship, a great friendship, and, and all the stuff that you did, not only in, in cool things of USC, but in service to the school uh, as students, as student ambassadors. Um, Claire was our graduate assistant. Uh, were you, were you the first one? I was. Okay. So Audrey, that. this was like back when, yeah, after BSAs. And I think there was like your end of year evaluation. And I was like, I still want to do stuff. I'm doing my master's next year. Like what can we figure out? And it was that first year of having that role. And I'm sure it's yeah. changed a lot over the years. Well, so I was about to tell Audrey, um, so she was our first graduate assistant, which is like, she wanted to work. And I was like, I want to give you stuff to do. This sounds great. Um, and then our last grad assistant was Bria. Mm -hmm. um, now we don't have the grad assistant position anymore because I have actually a full staff, which is exciting. It's not just like two of us that are doing things. So I've got five people that are all doing stuff. This is, we're, we don't need that anymore. That was always an opportunity to like gain a plus one on some staff without having full-time staff but claire started this great tradition and honestly a lot of the stuff we started that year um really built a foundation what you guys did in websites stuff like that started building a foundation for what the vsas do now i mean like the turby voices is yeah. i've seen this it. giant beast i wouldn't even know what to do to get this started this is way but way beyond what i what i had envisioned they did a great they just they reskinned it this summer so they did some great stuff on it and it's like this blog powerhouse and like their youtube channel is nuts and they've got like a live chat schedule which is nuts we've got our podcast now which is six seasons 200 plus episodes i mean you guys built the opening part of that uh and so i mean just so you know you're the you're the legacy here uh, of how this all grew up. I mean, what was it? External communications back in the day? Is that what we called this, it? Do they get to do this from, the, from their houses now versus that small office in RTH? <laughs> yeah. Although that small office, oh, the small office in RCH turned into a smaller office in SSC. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I still remember it fondly. Like you go there at like midnight and you're like, I have to build this video. video. And you're like, ah, <laughs> this is going to take a long time. <laughs> Audrey, you've, you, you've done that with some recording in the closet. They call it the closet. Yes, it's very small. And I always got very frustrated because there's a lot of junk in there. Yeah, but when they when when they started, it was not 
that much, but it basically piled up for years afterward. Yeah. <laughs> um, it but yeah, like, there's like a decade of people like storing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. The funny part about it is that I think Audrey knows this, the school lost track of that room. And there was at some point, because the new makerspace went in right next to that room. And at some point I said, well, we got to get something out of that room. They're like, that room's not there. It's construction. It's all gone. I'm like, it's still there. And so literally the school didn't know that that room existed for the last two years. Because I asked somebody about, oh, the computer and SSC, whatever. And they're like, that, that, that's been offline for a long time. I'm like, no, it's not, man. I was physically just in there. <laughs> so it is a room that time forgot. But yeah, you guys were at the beginning of all of this. Everything kind of leads back to you two and all the work that you did with your VCOM. We called it VCOMs at the time. And now we've got the, the, these students that are doing amazing things. And, and obviously, Claire, the work you did as a grad assistant has helped build up my actual full-time staff now and all the things that we do and our communications and our, our live Q and A's that we did over YouTube at the time or whatever we were doing. Uh, also, Ryan, you were leading the first live chats, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we were doing some serious, yeah, we were experimenting back then. I, I, those things weren't as popular at that point in time. And then I don't remember the platform. Looks, that's what they're looking for. Talk to some hey, I don't remember the question, get an answer. That's what everybody But wants. now you could do it on zoom. Like that didn't really exist. No, ten years ago we were. It was we, complicated. We yeah. had like four people on the back end running like audio, making <laughs> sure that like we could have someone else piping questions because it just a lot of those technologies of how you engage with people virtually didn't frankly exist at the scale they do today. Yeah, no, I mean they had. I can't remember the stats, but like they they've done live chats with thousands of people, thousands of guests um, over the last six months and, and so cool. zoom and virtual is just back in the day when we were planning the first ones. I mean, everything goes back to you too. So I'm just so thankful for everything you've done and thankful for staying in touch. And I can't wait to continue to stay in touch as we move forward. I wish you all the success in the world. And I hope that we could see each other sometime right. in the near future. Yeah. Let yeah. us know when you're in the Bay area, we'd love to get together. I will definitely do that. Um, of course, who knows when that is yeah. um, because I haven't even gone to campus in nine months. So wow. We shall see. We'll be anxious to All right, the day. Thank you for the time today, Paul. And nice to meet you, Audrey. Close out the year strong. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan and Claire. This is great. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks, Paul, for for organizing this lot of Viterbi with all your, your insights. Love <laughs> at Viterbi. Love yeah. at Viterbi. Yeah, love at Viterbi. This could be like a spin-off. Maybe we should spin this podcast off and make it weekly. That could That's be not a bad idea. I mean, it depends <laughs> on, do you think there'd be current students talking about how they find love at Viterbi? That seems like that might be, I don't know if that would end up going as well. Yeah, that might not go as well, but, <laughs> but we could try. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all of a sudden turning into like a, a an app or a, a dating app or something. But um, in this was a fun episode. Um, but I'm I am curious about your thoughts as you're wrapping up your senior year. We did talk a lot about this like transition, and and it was I felt like it was a lot of like, hey Audrey, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think personally, I'm in a, a little bit of a strange place just because you know, after a year of kind of remote school, I feel like that transition is kind of more ongoing. Like it's not really just yeah. like this 
then like I'm not in school anymore. So, you know, I, I feel like I kind of have like enough other stuff going on in my life that sometimes I don't really even feel like a student, even though I'm still spending, of course, so much time on my classes. And actually this semester, I'm, I finished all the classes required for my major. So I'm in um, one Viterbi class still with just a professor I really love um, and a topic I'm interested in. And then I'm in like ceramics, furniture design, two classes for my minor, stress management. I think that one is so far going to be the challenge. Is it really? Is it really? The <laughs> yes. I think I like ruptured my diaphragm like breathing in the exercises so I'm oh working my on gosh that. I didn't I didn't but I just I don't breathe in yeah. a systematic way so that was that was the learning but anyway I'm kind of meandering around the point here I think I think that transition is definitely kind of ongoing for me where mm. you know even this semester I'm not really in a place where it's like we talked about this during the episode, like, like grind every night of like, I'm in Sal with my friends. So that that's kind of sad to, to not have that. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely bummed about that. Um, but I think this has also been really good for me going forward. Um, like I'm comfortable kind of like not knowing what's next. I know for me, um, I'm working for Microsoft after, uh, graduation. So I do know what's next, but I'm like, now I'm so in this like uncertain mindset, you know, I don't know when I'm really going to move to Seattle. Cause I don't know what the situation is. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't know if I really answered the question there, but I think it's definitely a unique time to be going through these types of transitions. And I'm sure that's true for high schoolers as well. Yeah, I bet. No, I understand what you mean. It's almost like, um, there isn't this thing you're leaving is because you've had this really slow goodbye over yeah, this transition. Yeah. And that, that definitely takes, it's like a dulling effect to everything. And I think that's ultimately, I mean, you know, all seriousness aside of the pandemic and, and, and health concerns, et cetera, is that there is this weird dulling effect to a lot of life. Um, like, am I doing what I'm normally doing or am I just kind of doing part of it? Um, and that's, that's an interesting thought. Um, yeah before I start like getting really stressed out about my life, I'm going to stop talking about it now. Cause now all of a sudden I'm thinking of like, how am I spending my days? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you got to meet Ryan and Claire. Um, it, uh, and it's really funny that it, it is true. Everything that you all do as VSAs honestly goes back to a lot of what they did. Um, they, they made a lot of transitions. Now, I, now that is also true of Jason and Chris in the beginning from last year. I don't know if you remember Jason and Chris episode, but like, everything has its lineage and you could, yeah. there were these, there was these two inflection points and, and those were, those were them as far as transitioning to kind of our, one of our current models of how you guys create stuff and share it with students to share your lives. And they were a big part of it. And then they, they had a, a whole big thing going on and it, it's exciting to see that they're extending that, that level of success in their future. And I was, I was really hoping that we were going to get a baby announcement, but I guess we didn't. I was, I was like, I was like, really, I was putting money. I almost, I almost, I almost typed into it. I'm like, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to have a baby soon. I, think <laughs> I, I wanted to see if they were going to pop some sort of announcement, but I didn't, I didn't see that. So I was, I got, I'm I got sure that's, that's, we'll have to have another podcast. <laughs> Come on. I, I mean, this is what happens when you have kids. You always want everybody else to have kids. And so you start to get really annoying when you ask like, oh, so when are you having kids? And I didn't want to like ask that question directly, but I was like, I'm super curious. Cause I'm like, eh, they're not traveling. You know, they're not, they're at home now. This is what is going to happen. But, but well, I think 
a fun episode. Uh, and I, I remember last week from, from one of our intros, we were talking about kind of how maybe in some ways the goal of this is to sort of reduce the stress level for... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope this one does, because I, I think it's like more lighthearted and fun and you can kind of get a glance into um, stuff that's not all engineering at school. Yeah. And, and how so much of your life in the future is not about the classes you took, but it's about the whole mix of all the stuff that you did. That's the one message. So yes, if you're out there and you're thinking about this, you think you've applied, you're waiting your decision, you know, we'll get there. If you're thinking about applying in the future, um, you could see the types of things that happen at our campus and, and kind of the, these, these dynamic really um, not, they're, they're hard to define um, experiences. It's not like I took this class, I did X. It's I had this experience that was a combination of these types of people mixed in with these types of people mixed in with these types of challenges. And relationships grew and partnerships grew and ideas grew. And that's where you see this goes. And that's not, you know, that's not a USC thing that happens at a lot of yeah. universities. The question is whether you're seeing like-minded ideas of things you want to do and people that sound like cool people. And, I, and, and there are people that are cool to you, I should say. And yeah. so I think that's what we got. And I think that's really exciting to talk about. And to uh, Claire and Ryan's mom, if you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> I hope that we've, we've, we've earned you as, as uh, future listeners, because I'm sure you want to hear all about this from other people. Uh, and uh, we will be back real soon with another couple uh, that uh, found love at Viterbi. Um, but uh, that's it for us this week. And I hope you all are having a great Valentine's week. 